We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 61, and we've got yet another incredible special guest joining us in the garage, the host of the Spittin' Chicklets Podcast, it's Rear Admiral. R.A. is going to jump in with us to talk hockey, the trade deadline, what happened with the Blue Jackets, we're going to talk movies, we're going to talk beer, and so much more. You do not want to miss this interview with Rear Admiral, all that, plus, of course, our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway. Break open your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 61 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Find us on TikTok if you want some fun TikTok videos. Uh, and as always, we are presented on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, go find them on all of their social media at Belly Up Sports and go check out some of the other shows on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, some of our teammates over there doing some big things. With you as always, I am Michael Keefe. Find me at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me in the garage tonight, we got an exciting show. Uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee, it's Joey Whalen at Garage Beers Joe. What's up, Joe? going on what's up uh, man not in the garage just in another hotel new day different, new hotel. Hotel. different hotel uh this one the bed is not made out of cardboard and plywood so uh much happier about that uh i'm enjoying my pre-garage beer drink which is uh, i like this blood night blood light platinum seltzers oh which are like high grab seltzers which are kind of nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> if i do say so myself and uh i'm excited i had a uh pretty uh rough week dealing with uh rental properties and now i'm ready to enjoy beers and podcasts dude uh a bed made out of cardboard and and plywood that's it's like the it's like the keto diet of beds <laughs> yes it is a keto that diet of beds. Aw- that sounds awful <laughs> mm-hmm. yes my uh my bag did not thank me at all but if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and hit up Joe on social again at Garage Beers Joe. If you're planning any trips to Nashville, he is going to be able to suggest some terrific hotel op- options oh, for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got all the hotel for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
most importantly, glad you guys are doing all right. Hopefully they get the house fixed up. And, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the saga, it, it, it plans to live on, uh, weeks into the future. So <laughs> if you, if you took the under as to what episode we would be moving out of our house, you like, you might be right. I don't know. <laughs> you might be making money. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so Joe from the hotel in Nashville and over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Hi. Hi. Hey, hey guys. So remember, hey. What, remember when I learned uh, that uh, condition, how I'm kind of a bit of an expert on conditions? Like I told you that one week about the, the condition where people remember like damn near everything in their life. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I, learned, yeah. I learned another one of those today, and it's kind of one I can relate to. Uh, being, being, Wait, before you tell us, before you tell us, what? I love how you're like, I'm an expert on conditions where in fact, <laughs> you just learn about one one day and then talk about it on the podcast. Conditions, <laughs> conditions and bird law. I'm a bit of an expert in bird law, just like Charlie. Day. Uh, Chad Meyer conditionologist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, this is what I can relate to. Uh, this one is called hyper trichosis. Hyper trichosis. Any guesses? Any guesses? A fear of triceratops. No, mm. no, Damn no. Uh, the Damn reason it. I would be scared of a triceratops, so I could relate to that. But uh, Joe, Joe, you got any guesses? You got a guess? No, I just I'm like worried about having to spell it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't need to spell it. But when I tell is you, is it something that can happen to Joe's house? Uh, well, oh God, oh God. You never, <laughs> you never know. There's something could, that could happen to Joe's house when he goes back in it. Like he could get this condition. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, this <laughs> is known, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh, Mike, because you're you. Uh, well, and you know, Joe, you met me in person once, but uh, uh, this is also known as werewolf syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, werewolf syndrome. Yeah, uh-huh. fuzzy back disease. It's a rare skin disease that where people have features that resemble those of werewolves. So oh. apparently being hairy all my life, I uh, apparently have had hypertrichosis damn near ever since I hit puberty in like fourth grade. So uh, <laughs> hypertrichosis is, is, is the, your condition of the day. <laughs> Too That's much exciting. knowledge with Chad. The more you know, like you're waiting for that little star to come by. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I did not notice that you had that. that. But that might be good for me too. Like, I might have been saving myself some uh, uh, some visual scrutiny there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're fine. You'll get treated to it this summer. Don't worry. You want to learn a thing or two? Jump on with Chad. Yeah, he'll give you information sprinkled in with too much information, and you'll walk away feeling uncomfortable. Any more? Any more conditions? Just come to your boy Chad. Just come to your boy. <laughs> well, boys, we are. Uh, we are up for an amazing episode here on episode 61. Again, we're going to get into in just a little bit. We're going to bring in our special guest. Uh, you know him as R.A., Rear Admiral from Barstool, from Spittin' Chicklets. Uh, and uh, we're going to get to that and have a great time talking with him. But before we get into that, we do have a little Cleveland news that we got to talk about. We're a Cleveland-based podcast. We've been through the journey with the Browns, especially this year. And today, we're recording on Wednesday – Today, the news broke finally. I, I don't think it was uh, surprising news, but it was news we were all waiting to break, and it finally did. The Browns signed Jadeveon Clowney to a one-year deal, 
And Jadeveon Clowney is going to line up opposite Miles Garrett. You'll also probably see him out there with Garrett and and Tack uh, on that defensive line. And uh, things look scary if you're an opposing quarterback uh, playing the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Jesus Christ. I mean, guys, just listen to this. I kind of tweeted about it earlier, but uh, on the defensive line, you're looking at Clowney mixed in with Tack, uh, Malik Jackson, uh, Sheldon Richardson, who is still there for now. You might, uh, he, he might become a cap casualty, but, uh, or they need to restructure him, but he's still there for now. Sheldon Richardson, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, then you have Anthony Walker, uh, Taki Taki, and Jacob Phillips. What about the other defensive line? Billings. And Billings. Well, yeah, Billings. Billings for depth. Jeez. And then you have Anthony Walker, uh, Jacob Phillips, and Taki Taki at linebackers. And then, and then you add in John Johnson the third. Ta- uh, Troy Hill. I almost said Tyrone Hill. Shout out to old Jeff Sport. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Tyrone Hill is going to be out there. Yeah. Good Troy, luck throwing over the top of that guy. Troy Hill, Ronnie Harrison, Denzel Ward, and you mix in Greedy and Grant Delpit. Like, for fuck's sake, guys, Andrew Barry did work. We knew this was going to be the summer of the defense. And oh my God. I mean, holy shit, boys. Have you ever felt like less anxiety going into a draft? No. No. Like, there's, no. I mean, like, you know, obviously there's depth we need. There's maybe a couple of positions that we could use some some additional help on. But, like, man, we don't need that quarterback. We don't need that running back. We don't need that defensive edge rusher uh, in this draft. And uh, uh, it's kind of weird, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Hey, hey, Andrew Barry, um, when the draft rolls around, get in there and um, and, and take a, a guy. Like yeah. <laughs> take the best player cool. available. It literally is the best player available <laughs> since 2018, since 2018, the highest pass rush win rates in the NFL. Number one, wouldn't have guessed this, but Robert Quinn, mm-hmm. number two, TJ Watt, number three, miles Garrett, number four, Aaron Donald, and number five, Jadavion Clowney. <laughs> the two of those guys are now going to line up on the defensive line for the Cleveland Browns. Guys, listen. You think, uh, uh, you think Big Ben's going to announce his retirement before the season yeah, starts? Yeah. I think Lamar Jackson might announce his retirement. Like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow's done. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm kind of excited to watch Big Ben die on live TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Figur- listen, fig- I- figuratively, of course. Figuratively, of I'm course. Not, I'm not going to. Listen, Miles Garrett has had issues pretty much every season where he's had to miss games here or there. Obviously it is well known that Jadeveon Clowney has had injury issues. So there is an element of like, let's slow our roll. This doesn't mean the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, but man, if Clowney and Garrett stay healthy, if that defensive backfield, the young group that they are can gel. And if those linebackers can just make enough plays, if they can at least make their presence felt out on the field, Ooh boy, this Browns defense, it, like you said, it was the offseason of the defense, and uh, what a way to cap that off before the draft by bringing in Clowney. And a guy on a one-year deal that people have some questions about, his health and all that, uh, what a way for him to be able to make a statement if he wants to, to get another contract after this year. So uh, really, really cool to see that signing, and it's going to be awesome to watch him lining up on that line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, the injury concerns are legitimate. 
for anybody for anybody worried about the, this clowny signing, the injury concern is is definitely legitimate because he's had some issues. I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy got uh, injured his very first play of his very first NFL game. So, I mean, the, the injuries have been a concern, but uh, you know, when he is healthy, if he is able to stay on the field, clearly he's effective. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, and uh, don't forget, he's also playing opposite of Miles fucking Garrett. So if you can't be productive <laughs> on the on the opposite side of Miles Garrett, then, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe you might be a little bit washed. Maybe you might be a little bit, uh, maybe your play might start to have some questions, but uh, with a guy with that has the ability of Jadavion Clowney when he's on the field playing opposite Miles Garrett. Yeah. If he's healthy boys, this is going to be so dangerous. I mean, good luck. Good luck. Let's go. Listen, let's go. I'm ready. Is the season, can the season start next week? No. Is it week one of the season next week? Let's go. Let's go. You got the defense is going to be the, or the offense is the exact same as last year. And now you've got what should be on paper an incredibly improved defense, which they're probably going to add more defensive pieces in the draft. Let's go. Let's just get this thing rolling. Let's start NFL season in July. I don't know if I can wait. I don't, I don't care about all the off season nonsense that's going to happen. Oh, Odell Beckham didn't go to this or Jadavian Clowney said that. I don't care. Let's just get me to week one and let's watch this team wreck people. <laughs> All right, so a little Browns talk. Really exciting news for Jadeveon Clowney, but uh, now let's get to uh, let's get to the big main event of the episode uh, and our special, our awesome conversation with our special guest again, the host of the Spit Spitting Chicklets podcast, Rear Admiral. Let's get to that right now. All right, and as promised, we are here with our very special guest on episode sixty-one of the Garage Beers podcast. If you're a hockey fan, you know this guy. Uh, one of the most successful podcasters, one of the most successful podcasts out there, the co-host of the Spit and Chicklets podcast, along with his buddies Paul Bissonette, Ryan Whitney, Mike Grinnell. He's a he's a premier movie buff. He's what everybody who tries to do a Boston accent tries to sound like, and he is the star of the critically acclaimed movie The Town, alongside Blake Lively. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as R.A., Rear Admiral. Rear Admiral, welcome to the podcast. Wow, hell of, a, hell of an intro, man. This is so crazy to me because I literally just did the same thing you are doing now, and, and I'm a guest, so my, my head's kind of spinning. It's kind of meta, but thanks for having me, boys. It's a pleasure. Dude, It's we are so excited to have you on. This is going to be a great time, and uh, we're going to talk some hockey, some movies, uh, everything. Uh, uh, we know you're a big movie buff, so I'm excited to get to that part. But uh, Well, I mean, especially, we get... especially to know how, to, how, uh, how it was to rub elbows with Blake Lively. I mean, just standing next well, to had to be awesome. <laughs> yeah on set though you gotta you know especially as an extra you're basically a peon i mean you're not on the call sheet you you just know to sh- sit there keep your mouth shut but you know you can you can have your eyes wander a little bit and yeah i mean i was literally two feet from her for hours Ooh. and yeah I, she was i mean an absolute knockout i mean obviously in the movie you see it but but you know i, I didn't chat with her at all i, I did talk to john ham it was funny enough before i got called for the movie a, a friend of mine was working on the set so i actually met john him before i get called to be on the movie and talked to him for like an hour fantastic guy like just you know didn't look at us watch once wasn't like get me out of here just because the thing is when you bump into a guy like that you don't ask about like oh what's mad men like what's what's like you, right you, you know you talk about pizza and sports and baseball yeah. and then it's just two guys shooting the shit and right he, and he was great man right and then later i got called and ended up being well so my image was in, in the scene with him and blake lively so that, that was a pretty wild thing that turned out you just see it, in like, me, but. see it in like the cut scene there, there you are in the back like Psst, blake 
Like, yeah. psst, no. hey, well, how are you doing? Psst. <laughs> and what was funny, too, when they were filming that scene, and, you know, it was impressive to watch. I mean, I know people like, oh, acting. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do, to sit there and say the lines over and over again, because they don't film it once. They film it probably 20, 30 times. And yeah. I don't think one of them flubbed the line either time. And I, I had, like, a metal spatula because I was the cook, and I was, like, the only one who could really – fuck it up by making some sort of noise in the background. So I had to be like diligent, not that I was acting, but like I had to be very diligent not to like have them call cut because I clanged the metal too hard, you know? Were, you actually, well, we were, got... you, were you actually cooking something? Like, <laughs> like can you cook? No, no fuck of God. Yeah, like, with, a mic, <laughs> with a microwave, maybe. No, there was food there and I was just, it was like, it was, the place was disgusting too. I'm, the legit roaches were in there. Oh, it was a bar oh. up in, it was a, a dive bar up in Lynn Mass. It wasn't a bar actually in Charlestown. But you know, it was a disgusting bar, but it was it was perfect for the scene. But oh, it, it was cool, man. I mean, there was it was kind of a small set that day because you're only filming in a bar, and you know, you're, you're cognizant of the fact this is a huge Hollywood production. You know, again, it's a big movie buff. I, I was kind of soaking it all in. It does get a little kind of maybe by eight nine hours of it. Yeah, okay, been there, done that. But uh, yeah, it, it was yeah. definitely one of my cool cooler memories. Love it. Well, we're going to get into more movie talk, more hockey talk. But before we get into all that, we're the Garage Beers Podcast. we got to start with our Garage Beers of the Week. We're going to throw it around, talk about what we're drinking, uh, and go from there. And we're actually going to start with Joey down in Nashville. So, Joey, what's your Garage Beer of the Week this oh, week? Wow. Never gone first before. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got Southern Grist Marble Bits. It's a, uh, I think, like a Lucky Charms uh, type IPA. Uh, it's all right. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> I love this brewery, but probably not my favorite beer from them. Uh, they said it's a New England style IPA. And I, I don't really see that, but I do like the Lucky Charms aspect. It's got kind, of, kind of like a little sweet flavor to it. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh man, oh, it's magically delicious. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. southern. I usually love that place too, but uh, a little Marbits, some marshmallow IPA. I don't know how that would ever go together, but uh, all right, Joe, let's pass it around. Let's go to our special guest. Oh, what do you got, Chad? No, I was gonna say, do you guys know? You guys notice that too? Like, all right, you just said magically delicious. Like we talked about, all right, whenever anybody tries to do a Boston accent, um, Boston accent, like we try to sound like all right, but like whenever anybody does an Irish one, it always comes back to like that, you know, like that. Oh, they're always after me, Lucky Charms. Like, you guys ever <laughs> yeah, notice that? Yeah. Whenever anybody. Oh, the wee lad. Yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> top of the morning to you. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Very 1930s <laughs> Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Everybody talks like that. Uh, all right, R.A., uh, as our special guest, your Garage Beer of the Week this week. I am drinking a Laser Cat Imperial IPA from the Medusa Brewery in uh, Hudson, Mass., I believe they're located. It's an old Saturday Night Live skit. I don't know if, if you guys remember, remember or not. And I'll tell you, I saw the logo, and I just was like, I have to buy that beer. I mean, you know, I like a nice IPA. It's got an 8.0 alcohol, so you drink three, four of these. You're feeling good watching the games instead of having to drink double that with uh, maybe a, a, a regular domestic that guys drink. But Laser Cat, I don't know how far you can get it, but that's that's my garage beer tonight. I love it. Uh, you can ask these guys. Uh, you're a Massachusetts guy. I actually do a ton of work up in Mass. Uh, my two favorite breweries on the planet are in Massachusetts, uh, and these guys roll their eyes every time I bring one on, namely the Treehouse Brewery. Uh, uh, where is it? Was Sturbridge? Uh, yeah, I, I I haven't been out there because the thing is, like, if you go, you got to drive to these places, you, you got to get home. So it's like, you know, <laughs> you, you, know you got to spend eighty dollars on an Uber to get pie-eyed just to, like, you know, drink some well, beers. But I got to get to one of these places. Sometime. Go to Treehouse, get out there. They only let you drink like two beers there because they're all like high octane, big time beers. It's the best beer I've ever had in my whole life. 
Uh, gotta bring a disguise with me then, huh? But yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have to yeah. do the uh, the Bobby Valentine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I haven't had two beers yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> Sir, you still have some of our beer on your face. Uh, try that one, and then obviously over by you, or over on the. I'm gonna guess you're in the Boston area, but they've got Trillium over there, which is another awesome. Right, brewery. yeah, both probably a mile down the street there. Their main, their main spot is. Well, they have a brewery just outside the city, but they got a place right down here where people go and get their growlers filled and stuff. Yeah, the brewery scene in Massachusetts in the last ten years absolutely exploded. I mean, there's yeah. you know the Tobin Bridge, the big green bridge that mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like the, I guess Boston's Golden Gate, you might say. Actually, it's it's longer too. Right underneath there, where the toll, where there used to be tolls there, where the elevators are, there's a brewery right down there, right underneath it. It's, oh, cool. it's, it's such a crazy spot to have them. But yeah, it's great, man. If you like, you know, kind of graduated from, like I said, the domestics, which, yeah, well, I'll grew up on, but you want something different, a little more, you know, you, know, you want to enjoy a, a beer while you're drinking it, not just to drink a beer. Hey, listen, here on the Garage Beers podcast, we will, I think we've done it twice now. We'll throw it back to like an old your dad's beer kind of kind of beer uh, where we'll bring on some of those classic old PBR stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the graduated ones I like as well. Uh, Chad, what is your Garage Beer of the Week this week? Uh, well, boys, uh, I failed to do a get a run to, into the store. So I had to go with the wife's uh, diet drink. So I'm like diet, diet, diet beer drinking tonight. It's uh, from Great Lakes, wow. Great Lakes Brewery. It's called Crushworthy. It's a locale citrus wheat. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's Crushworthy. Like, I could drink about 50 of these and not feel a thing because it's only like 3.9% alcohol. Oh. But, it's, but, it's, but it's tasty. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It, 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 I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Like, I could picture myself in a pool on a nice hot summer day drinking, like I said, like 15 of these and I'll be all right. So, like a shandy? Like a lining cools type thing. Yeah, like, kind of. As far as far as being able to guess thirty of them and still walk when you, yeah. when you leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know, but I'm hydrated as shit. I feel great. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna run a marathon. You should drink those while you work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lining sure. lining cools are great in the summer, man. Those those are those are nice yeah. and refreshing. Yeah. Almost like drinking lemonade. Yeah. Right. All right, so I'll bring it back to a big beer after Chad's little crushworthy one, 50 of them, and hopefully he starts slurring a little bit. Uh, I'm <laughs> taking it to New York, uh, a really, really good brewery. It's called Equilibrium. Uh, I don't even know what city it's in. Middletown, New York. I don't know where that is. Uh, but Equilibrium, it's called the Fluctuation Double IPA. Uh, and this is, uh, this is a brewery that just recently started shipping to Ohio, and it's spectacular. It's a big, nice, double, juicy IPA, and I love it. So I'm right back in my lane. I'm not going to lie. I poured a beer before this, and I had to throw it out. It was the worst, and I don't throw out beer. Wow. I don't throw out beer, but it was the worst beer I have ever poured, and I was like, I can't have that. I can't sit here and try to squirm through this this beer on the podcast. So I went with uh, Equilibrium. You can't go wrong. Life's too short for shitty beer. That's a thank you. T-shirt. T-shirt idea. (laughs) Life is too oh, short. Well, hold on. Beer. I already patented that. Don't know. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, okay. T-shirt. RA at the bottom right. with the yeah. patent sign. It's fine. Give me 20%. We're good. You got it. You got <laughs> it, man. We'll slide you a cut. Right. We'll slide you a cut. 17 bucks heading your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are our garage beers of the week. Go on to our socials. Let us know what your garage beers of the week are. And if you got anything that we haven't had on here that you're dying to have us try, send it to us. We will go find it. Uh, but now let's get into a little 
Hockey Life Talk with our man R.A. here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Uh, again, if you're a hockey fan, you've listened to it. If you haven't for some reason, why? Go listen to the Spit and Chicklets podcast. It's phenomenal. Uh, but let's start. I found this to be a fun commonality uh, that we have uh, here on the Garage Beers podcast. We had a boatload of fun over these last couple of weeks with the uh, – uh, the Sid OV thing and Brandon Dubinsky and all that stuff that, that, that took us places. We did not know we were going, uh, but we had a fun commonality. Uh, it's a fun group. We joined that you belong to. We officially, uh, we quote unquote, bla- got blasted on Twitter by the, the shame of Pittsburgh, Mark Madden, who you have been <laughs> in, you've been in a thing with. I got in the mud with him. Yeah. But then we had him on the show and it was kind of like, you know, we it was all Twitter beefs a few years ago. He he's obsessed with like money you know, and how much money we're making, and I'm kind of laughing at it. And you know, it's Twitter; you don't take it too serious. And then Biz and Whit were like, "Hey, let's bring him on." And I said, hey, "Whatever." You know, and, and when we talked first, I didn't know if he was going to be confrontational and want to go at it and mix it up, which I was ready to do whatever. But he was like a gentleman, so I was a gentleman back. And we, you know, we, we whatever we had him on, and, and like I said, if he wanted to get in the mud, I was willing to. But I, I think he just realized Twitter's kind of an entertainment thing, and. You know, he's, I mean, he's an older guy. It's not, you know, it's not like, you know, you don't want to shit on a a guy that age, but if he was going to mix it up, I would, I would have, but it was fun. I mean, he's, he's a rack. He's a bit of a rabble rouser. He likes to say things and get people riled up, but he's very successful. I mean, he's been doing it for what, 25, 30 years in Pittsburgh. He's got, he's got a nice little uh, listen, not little, he's got a pretty good listenership. So yeah, we, I thought it could have been ugly, but it it turned out to be like, yeah, whatever, buddy. That's all bygones of bygones. Listen, we're, we're a Cleveland podcast. So some random dude from Pittsburgh is going to come on and, and, and smack talk us. We're, we're happy to go back at a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, no problem. Like no yeah, problem. I, I thought, I thought Columbus and Pittsburgh would have established a little bit more of a rivalry by now, just because of geography. But I, I think that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, Philadelphia thing is just so entrenched. It, it's going to be tough to like kind of become that type of rival. I feel like Dubinsky helped because we, immediately i think became the most hated podcast in pittsburgh <laughs> i think <laughs> right off the bat uh we got our first one star which we were excited about and i'm pretty sure it came from pittsburgh uh the whole city of pittsburgh hated that situation uh uh so yeah that was that was a good time we'll go back to that in a minute but let's talk uh, uh before we get into all that let's talk a little chiclets though uh so mm-hmm. 2015 kind of the story of the show if you guys aren't uh familiar you you'd been writing for barstool uh, mm-hmm. for about eight years. Uh, and, and, and your boy, Ryan Whitney goes online and says he wants to start a podcast and he needs a partner and you respond. And next thing, you know, you and Ryan Whitney have started spitting chiclets. Uh, and it wasn't even a year later. I think that, that Barstool who you'd already been writing for had picked you guys up, uh, uh, to look at where you are now and where the show has gone. Uh, it's gotta be just absolutely nuts. I mean, I pinch myself every day. I, I know we hear that cliche, find something you love and you're, and you're not working. And I didn't find it. It just life just kind of happened sometime. I mean, I, like you said, I worked at Boston for a long, well, I shouldn't say work. I was writing at Boston for years, hoping to get, you know, a full-time gig. And in the meantime, I was working a variety of whatever jobs I had to do to pay the bills in the meantime. And yeah, me and Whit, we knew each other casually. We had mutual friends. We were, you know, we didn't hang out a lot, but we bump into each other at a bar near the garden and shoot the shit, whatever. So we came home from Sweden after he was all done. He sent that tweet out and I half jokingly replied looking for a partner and never expected him to slide in my DMs and say, you serious, R.A.? I says, fucking serious is a heart attack. And he said, do you know how to podcast? I says, I have no clue, but I'll learn. <laughs> and that was before Christmas of 2015. And our first episode was right around the Super Bowl of 2016. And yeah, we were we were off and rolling. It was me and Whit on my couch and we just 
talked. We had no producer. I, I would record the thing on a uh, garage band and send it off to someone who would clean it up. And then we post it on SoundCloud. We, and we were basically like Wayne and Goff sitting on my couch, just shooting the shit about hockey. And Dave Portnoy, El Prez, who, you know, obviously I knew from writing for Boston for years, but you know, he told me early on, I'm not hiring a Bruins guy, which I respected the fact he was, you know, telling me that. So I kind of was trying to find my niche somewhere else. And uh, he listened to it to my surprise and said, it's great. We want to add you guys to the roster room. I was like, okay. And then, you know, when we were humming along, it was, we kind of basically kind of dug out our own little place here and got bigger and bigger. And then I, I make this analogy all the time. And it's probably, you know, me and Wit, I always say won, won a title and then Biz made us a dynasty because Biz came along and had a bigger vision than me and Wit did. I mean, for me, it was like a side gig. We were like, yeah, meet once a week, talk hockey, make a few bucks. And Biz is like, no, man, this this is this is different. We can make this something so much more than it is. You can quit your job, Brian. Brian yeah, no one calls you Brian anymore, but you can quit your job. And and that's what it's become. I mean, I was able to, to, to quit a, a city job with good benefits, which a lot of people don't do. But, you know, Boston said, hey, come on, come on, join us. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it, the fact that I get to do this for a living, yeah, I, I do pinch myself every couple of days. Now, when Biz, now, uh, when Biz, before Biz was on, was he kind of constantly like, poking at it, poking at you guys, being like, hey, when can I come on? Like, or how organically did that happen? It was very organic. We had Biz on a couple times, and Biz was Biz. He always, always a fantastic guest. And we weren't looking to add anybody. It was never like, oh, we need to add someone. It was only Biz. It was like, should we, you know, should we have Biz come on? Every time he's on, he's he's electric. Uh, numbers go through the roof. And, you know, it wasn't like we were looking to add anybody. It was like, we'll add Biz or we'll add nobody. And we asked him, and he was ecstatic. And we come on, we come on. And I think there was an initial, it's, it's funny if you listen to the show in order, if like new listeners will go and they'll binge the whole thing and God bless them. Cause my voice, I don't know how they, I don't know how they do it for 300 <laughs> episodes, but they do. Google translate. Kind of hear, yeah. You can hear the bumps in the road there, which I think it's kind of cool. Like here, like, all right, when we first got there, we didn't really talk about the role. So I think me and Whitney went from a partnership to like, okay, now him, it's him and biz. And you know, I'm kind of almost like a little brother now, instead of like just me and wit. And there was a dynamic shift there and, it took some getting used to. And I think when you listen to those shows, you can hear it in there. Maybe, maybe a little bit of tension a couple of times. Uh, but we got to a level and we talked it out and Biz said, oh, you're going to drive the bus. And you could, you know, I, I still get to give my opinion. And obviously, you know, they're the NHL guys. I'm, I, I'm fully aware of my role and my history compared to theirs. And uh, it, it, it's kind of great. I think we're just, we're just humming along right now. No, you know what the, the coolest part, I think about your story, specifically you, right there, you are, just plowing along, writing for Barstool for years, years and years and years. You're just plowing along, writing, doing other jobs. You you famously tell the story of being a custodian, uh, yeah. you know, uh, doing all the jobs you need to do to make to make life go. Uh, and and what's really cool is in the end, it's that connection with Barstool that you formed over years of writing, probably feeling like, God, I hope just one of these things just clicks. Like I'm just trying to click with Barstool. It's all that work you put on on the back end that now you come into Barstool and, and they're like, yeah, we want you. You put together a good show, obviously. And they're like, yeah, we want you. And I, I just think I think that's cool how it all that work you did earlier. You probably at times wondering, like, where am I going with this? Absolutely. And Absolutely. now, boom. And, and it was ironic because I was really trying to get a writing gig. I mean, I, I fell not fell into writing. I, I went to college. I had no idea I wanted to be a journalist or doing anything like that. I always had an affinity for it. And then sophomore year, I ended up, you know, by then I was running the college paper and I was like, I was good at it. I had a knack for it. My advisors told me to do it. But of course, I graduated in 1997, which was the internet was there. You know, it was basically like a, a tumor for the industry that nobody knew was there. A malignant tumor was slowly killing newspapers. So you right. couldn't find a job anywhere. 
So I was trying to get a writing gig and that's the ironic part. I ended up getting hired for my big mouth instead of my, my writing skills. So <laughs> uh, it, it works. So life, life works out sometimes the, the way you don't expect. But like I said, the fact that I get paid to hear, pe hear people have me talk blows me away every day. Because <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, uh, I was just gonna say. So I've just listened. I'm a recency bias here. I was just listening to episode three twenty eight. I got through a lot of it, uh, and you had Dale Weiss on, and like yep. it had me thinking. You guys were talking about like his lake house life in Edmonton, uh, talking about him wanting to continue his career in Europe, how tiresome the NHL grind got, all that stuff. His kinky boots. Uh, behind him, which uh, you guys should have got a picture of that because I'm dying for <laughs> what these boots are looking like. And it got me thinking as a podcast, like those guys, those guys like Dale Weiss, they're the best, aren't they? Like he's he wasn't a star NHL player, although he had a great career. He wasn't a star NHL player, uh, uh, not one of the greatest players of all time. But guys like that tend to just be amazing guests, don't they? Like he just came on and was going to say anything about anything. Yeah, there's so many guys that like that, you know, they might have had a, a real good run for four or five years or they just, you know, a name you remember. And, hey, whatever happened to that guy? And when we did Dale, man, he was hilarious. Like, he, you know, he was he, Vancouver. He was in Montreal. It was great asking about that Lucic stuff because, you know, Lucic is a guy who has a, I would say, I would call it a problem, but he needs time to come down after a game. And in that handshake line, he was he was great, practically ragged on we so to be, to be able to get his perspective on it. And what was really hilarious, you talk about serendipity, and this was, we couldn't have planned this if we tried. The day his episode dropped was the same day Luch's of one, same day as Luch's one thousand games. So it was like it was almost like an inadvertent troll. But yeah, guys like that they tend to be the funnier interviews because they're just great personalities. Like for, for example, I think Tim Stapleton is probably the all time version of that. You know, he's the guy who had a few cups of coffee in Winnipeg, Toronto. Excuse me, great skilled player, little guy. And he comes in the room and we're having a few beers. And I mean, it was like Richard Pryor was in the room that night. Like me, <laughs> I remember me went and business. We were fall, literally falling off the couch laughing. That's how funny this kid was. And most people didn't know about him. So when we dropped that, it was like, holy shit. Like that was probably the all time funniest episode that we ever had with him. So yeah, you just never know what you're going to get from a guy. Yeah. I love that stuff. It's, it's like you get a star on and it's like a star, even if they're retired, they always have to kind of maintain that, like that level, that professionalism or whatever. And you get somebody that's not quite a star or whatever. And they just, I, I love it. when he was talking about how tiresome it was. Dale Weiss was talking about grinding it out in practice. And he was, he knew the people upstairs eating popcorn during the games better than he knew his teammates. Like just, uh, it was an incredible glimpse into that guy's life. And it really made you, I'm like, I'm like, well, shit. Now, if he goes and plays in Switzerland, I'm like, I got to order like a Dale Weiss jersey. Cause like I'm pulling <laughs> for this dude to be Switzerland's greatest all time player. Yeah, I, I think people too is like you, you forget. There's only so many guys who are, are super duper stars that make all that money. I think people think all oh, all these guys are loaded, and yeah, they do make great money, but they also play in towns and or states and cities where the taxes are crazy. They, have, they got agents, they got lawyers, they got maybe have an ex wife, kids. I mean, some of these guys are, at the end of the day are getting twenty five cents on the dollar on their check after they pay everybody off. And you know, a guy like Dale Weiss, yeah, he made some money, but that, you know, it doesn't last. And you realize when we talk to these guys, like they could save money and have a great career, but they're, they're done with hockey at 30, 35 years old, man. They still got 40 more years of living left. And some guys are a little more prepared than others. But um, it, it is interesting to see, like, you know, not everybody is a super duper star and has, a, you know, a 20-year career and they, they retire off into the sunset. Like a guy like Chris Pronger we had on, he's a good, a good example of that. I mean, he's still working, doing whatever. But 
a lot of these guys that you know they're not done working when, when they're done with hockey they got to go out and find something else to do yeah. sure all right well uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier all right about uh, you know our brandon dubinsky interview that we had you know it was a terrific interview like the guy had amazing stories i mean you i mean obviously you know a lot of these guys have amazing stories talking about his career life family whatever but no one wants to talk about that. Uh, you, you know, he, he, he mentioned, he brought up the Sid and Ovi rivalry again. And, or it's not rivalry, but like Sid and Ovi comparison argument again. You know, it, it's, it's a rivalry you didn't really hear. It, it, kinda, it kind of, you, you don't really hear it anymore. Why do you think his comments just drew such a reaction? I think because he's he's not technically retired, he's still officially part of the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. You know, it's not like he's removed from the game for five years. And plus, he said fucking you no know, fuck Sid basically. And <laughs> you know, I, I wrote a blog about it, and I like Sid, man. We we interviewed him. He's he's a great 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 guy, great human being, and it wasn't indicative of my feelings of Sid. But it's like, well, okay, we got to cover this because this is the internet. We got to like you know we got to get our clicks and all that. And I mean, you guys must have eyes probably got wide when he said that quote because. Oh. I mean, that's the stuff we love in this thing. Like, I mean, every time someone says something that's you know you're going to use, you, you get a little oh well, yeah, that's that's a beauty right there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I think it's because he's relatively still in the game. I know he may not play again, but technically he's still part of the NHL, and that's unusual to have a guy to say that about another player. Um, but that's what hey, that's what you like. I I thought it was great. I know he's a he's a quirky dude. I've, I don't know Brandon, but you know I for I, I know he's a, he's a pretty quirky dude. But that that's uh that's the stuff you dream of when you're in this business. Oh yeah. yeah, it was credit goes to Joe. To be honest with you, you fly along and sometimes you miss those things. And Joe put out the clip for it, and I think that's what drew everybody's attention. And and I was like, oh well, all right. I like I kind of had to remind myself that I even said it through the thing. The the question I have is, you know, we for years it's been Sid and Ovi, and the conversation was there for so long. Uh, and I know these guys are getting a little older, uh, but like, where's this debate been? Like, I, I feel like. Ever since Ovi won the cup, you don't hear about Sid and Ovi anymore. Well, th- there you go. I mean, th- that was always the knock on Ovi. He can score, but he, he never won a cup. And once he won the cup, it's like, all right, you, you didn't have that knock on him anymore. And I, I think that, you know, put that rivalry, if you want to call it, I think I kind of put that in the shelf for a little while. I mean, yeah, Crosby got three cups. Uh, Ovi's got one. But, yeah, I, I think the, the only knock on Ovi was that he hadn't won a cup. He did it. So, yeah, I mean, who would you rather take Sid, who's – I mean, Sid, 200-foot superstar, like they call him a superstar grinder, or Ovi, who's probably going to pass Wayne Gretzky if he stays healthy, let's face it. Uh, I, again, it's I don't think it's a debate who would you take anymore. His quotes rekindled it. We had some fun with it, but I think, you know, everyone's going to kind of move on to the next story at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, well, no, we're going to hang out as long as we can. No, yeah, you guys know the point. <laughs> right, absolutely, right. yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so, what else? Dubinsky said that uh, this president yeah. stinks in Castleton. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm gonna be so, 87 uh, years old in a right. nursing home. I'll be like, you guys hear what Dubinsky said? Yeah. <laughs> he, he saw Sid's mom out with another man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, <laughs> but um no, all right now no i mean i guess sticking with it for a second is it like is are those type of arguments fair like kind of like the jordan and lebron argument you know it, it, you know with sid and obi it's like both of those guys are like the elite of the elite at what they do right, right? but like they're but mm-hmm. they're but they're so completely like different players is that even like a fair uh, argument in comparison to make I mean, it's that, that's what we do with sports. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like Jordan Lebron. That's I mean, I, I that's probably the cocky equivalent of Jordan Lebron when you think about it. I mean, I, not that's necessarily the greatest of all time. Just in, I would say our last 10, 15 years. Yeah, those are the debates. But that's just sports guy. You know, people who follow the sports love to debate who would you take this guy or that guy. But I, yeah, like I said, I, I think it was a, a dead story. And so you, you guys rekindled it. It's, it's been fun to have some fun with it. And 
I don't know. I mean, you can still say, hey, would you rather the greatest goal scorer of the last 30 years or would you rather Sid Crosby, who's, you know, Sid Crosby? I figure we just have to figure out ways every week to piss off Canada and Pittsburgh at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, Mario Lemieux (laughs) is the biggest son of. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't even (laughs) just go after Vancouver if you really want to piss people off. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Pavel Bure. Some nights I choose violence on Twitter, and last night was one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the Sedin twins. I would, if they would have only uh, talked more. <laughs> yeah, right. They would have like, been so quiet. You know, sometimes you're laughing. Like last night, it was like, yeah, it's a Vancouver avatar, and you'll check his bio. He's from Vancouver. And it's like, all right, man, I, got, I didn't really want to dunk on you right now because I know how much it bothers them. And it's like, the guys are going, oh, you're the fitness, uh, ex- fitness trainer. And the picture of me is holding a cup over my head. It was like the perfect one to like retweet them on. It's like, matter of fact, hold, yeah. the, hold the thing over my head. And, <laughs> You know, I'm not, I, don't, I didn't. I know I didn't win it. I don't do that shit. But yeah, sometimes you just gotta like fucking talk about people on Twitter. Oh, yeah, you got yeah. to. You got to. Uh, all right. So we brought up Ovi, and while we're on the subject of Ovi, famously, when he wins the cup, dude goes on the one of the greatest benders of all time. Oh. Uh, although I will say, one of our former guests on this show, Grant Fuhr, he did make it sound to us like maybe Ovi's bender was a little tamer compared to what they used to do before social media existed uh, back when he was winning cups. Uh, so were you able ever able to match the endurance and dedication Ovi showed in that bender? Have you ever matched uh, uh, bender endurance with him? I went to college for seven years. So you would probably say that. Uh, it, it was an impressive bender those guys went on. Of course, social media makes everything public, which you, you feel like you're part of it by watching. But I'll tell you, man, I can't imagine what 1980s like parties were because <laughs> – and you, you know, I mean, obviously, you mentioned Grant, Grant Fuel and those Oilers. They, they, you could, you can use your Google machine to see what those guys were up to back then. And you can imagine, man, it was probably like fucking the opening scene of Fargo with fucking snow everywhere. It was like, holy, holy shit, what, what's going on? So th- those guys, it was a different ever, and they, they pottied harder in a different way. Uh, I mean, you know, it, the '80s were uh, socially acceptable, and some things that aren't socially socially acceptable anymore. So. Uh, yeah, who partied had? I don't know. I, I, that's a tough, uh, tough thing to quantify. But the Capitals were very, very impressive with what they did. Uh, I have no problem with it, man. That that organization had situated a long time. Guys get drunk. I do it on the show sometimes. Big fucking deal. We wake up the next day and we all move on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, well, that was fun. First off, yeah. go back to work. Uh, yeah. Put your I mean, put that's... yourself in those shoes, though. You just won the cup. You're a hockey player. You just won the cup. What is your what's your what's your night with the cup like? My What's name the plan? Up, um, probably start off at like a family dinner somewhere, you know, like parents and cousins and aunts and uncles. And then after that, I would go to like a local bars in the city, you know, like child go from starting Charlestown and make my way to South Boston and just go downtown. And I would just do like a, a, a tour of bars in Boston and just, cause I'll tell you, man, there's nothing like being in a bar and having this thing that kept randomly come in. <laughs> and, and that happened actually. Well, that's the first time I met it. But the second time it was during the, I think the 08, 09 season. And the Bruins' wives used to have the wives' carnival, and and the, 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 they would bring the cup in to take pictures with it. You know, it was like everyone wants a picture with the cup. Well, Sean Thornton won the cup with the Anaheim Ducks in 2007, so you, you know you kind of have a little say on on the cup, or whatever. And he knew the cup holder that time. He hijacked a cup. Uh, this was January. Now, one night, I, we, me and my friends, and I, it was like the NFC Championship day. When we went out, get buckled, we're sitting up by, turn around. It's almost like last call. And Thornton comes in and walked in with the Stanley Cup in January. Like the Bruins hadn't won the Cup in, since 72. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
and the whole place, and there's only 10 people in there, so it's even crazier. And I'll never forget, he puts it down the table, and, and I have a bro shirt on, coincidentally, scally cap. I mean, I'm like we're straight out of central casting, and he pounds me in the chest. He's like, make sure nobody touches it. And he walks to the bar and gets a drink, and I was like, Dad, I'm babysitting the Stanley Cup right now. It was absolute fucking surreal that that happened, but – yeah, I mean, yeah, the cup is just something that people like, holy shit, when they see it. So, yeah, take it bar after bar and just make people happy. Now, with how many uh, locker rooms you snuck into after Stanley Cup championships, uh, RA, have you had a chance to drink out of it? I, I have twice, yeah. Nice. I, oh. I, I drank out of it twice. I know. That is the awesome. Fir- the first time, well, this is kind of funny. That I mean, I mentioned serendipity a few minutes ago, and I'm not a big, like, ah, kismet guy, but it was 2008. And it was the game six, Detroit, Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And I went on uh, Craigslist and I can get a ticket for 250 bucks. And I, you know, I got a pretty good gut for, for scam modest and whatever. And this guy said, oh, this kid's all right. And, and a Boston buddy said, Hey, go to the Pittsburgh holiday and say, you work here. You got a nice cheap rate. And I'll tell you, man, you know, the internet's full of weirdos, but it's also full of good people. And I had a kid from Boston, never met him before. Picks me up at the airport, takes me to provide the brothers for a bear and a sandwich, drops you right off at the, uh, at the igloo. I was like, you know, guy could have been a serial killer for all I knew, but he was perfect gentleman. I still talk to him. He's a great guy. And yeah, I watched the game. I watched Detroit win the cup. And at the end, it's like, all right, I have no way to go. It's a Pittsburgh holiday. And I'm taking my time out of there. And the old ushers, they just ignored me because they figured I was just some asshole on a cell phone. Oh my God. And I was walking, I was just opening doors and whatever. And I opened one door and that, there was Don Cherry. It was the back of him. Oh, yeah. He's talking to can of banana. 99% of the time, I would be like, hey, Don, I'm from Boston, blah, blah, blah. But I was on a, I was a quest for the cup. I was like, I'm looking for the cup. Next door I open, I walk in. It's the Detroit Red Wings locker room. Just mayhem in there. They just wanted. And Dan Cleary's got the cup and he's doling sips out. And I was in that locker room for probably 10 seconds. Now, once you're in there, they assume you're with somebody. Don't, nobody, well, <laughs> until a little later, nobody bothers you. And I says, hey, Dan, how about a sip? He's like, yeah, wait one second. And boom, like within 10 seconds, I was, I was drinking out of the Stanley oh, Cup. Nice. I, had no, I, had a Bru- I had a Bruins hat on and then a T-shirt. I couldn't have been like any more of a Boston asshole. And I got thrown out twice. Like I almost got arrested that night. Uh, it was well well worth it. And um, yeah, and I, I did the... 2014 after I snuck into that party too. It was, it was crazy. But the Bruins 2011, I actually did have a press pass. The, the one I got cool. the picture. So uh, yeah, it's been yeah, it's it's been wild, man. When I look back at it, say that those stories, like holy shit, man. Like all these cup uh, cup connections I've had. A cup. I, I say meeting Stanley, and then I just met him again in Tampa back in January. It, this assistant coach for Tampa, I went to college with. He was the first, oh, nice. very first job. He was the graduate assistant when I was a junior in at North Adams and. He reached out, you know, I was in town. He said, hey, come to this party. And that's the second time I drank out of it was uh, just a couple months ago down to Tampa. So, oh. yeah, pretty wild stuff. I don't I don't take for granted. Now, how long were you in there before someone noticed? Or did you, or did you just walk okay. out? No, all right, we'll <laughs> yeah. go back to this. Is yeah. We'll go back to Pittsburgh. So, now, again, I, I, did, not, I did nothing wrong illegal. Like, I I, yeah, I did fool the, the, the security into thinking, oh, the old, old guy, I should think I was on my phone. You know, Bob, that asshole's on his phone, so they ignore me. You know, I'm in the locker room for a pretty good amount of time. They kind of shepherded everybody to the small, like, hot tub room. The, the old igloo had, like, 7,000 doors. It's an old building. Yes. And I'm, at one point, I finally turned my head around because I got a Bruins logo on it, the old school beer. <laughs> and I'm just, like, soaking it all in. I'm not bothering anybody. Babcock walks in. Hey, congratulations, Coach. Oh, thank you very much. He doesn't say, like, who's this guy or whatever. Because, again, they assume you somebody. Would, and then all of a sudden, I look, and this guy says, uh, hey, hey, who are you with? And without missing a beat, he goes, oh, I'm with Chelly. 
Chris Jellios. Now, I've never talked to Chris Jellios in my life. Oh, Don't my know God. <laughs> now, I, I grew up, with, I, I'm big friends with Keith Kachuk. Me and Keith go way back. Our parents are great friends since we, we were in the womb together. Like, literally, he's two months older than me. Our, our mothers were pregnant together. And I always said, I'm, you know, I would never drop his name. Like, you know, people get friends who have success. Sometimes you drop the name. Yeah. I always said, I'll never use that. But I did that. And I was like, oh, I'm friends with Walt. Well, unknowns to me, unbeknownst to me, him and Keith had a union beef there was a union thing going on and he just gives a guy like a shrug like, i don't know that guy so a guy oh, tosses me no and i walk around a little and there's another door another door and i just walk back in the store it's the same fucking room <laughs> and i'm same thing i grab a beer i mean i got pictures of henrik uh zetterberg sitting there with the con smite and jelly was just sitting there talking Shit. and i'm again i'm not bothering anybody else i turn I, I lock eyes with the guy and he's like I was like, oh fuck. And he looks like the kill. Remember the guy who killed the wife in the fugitive with the one arm? Yeah, yes. he looked, you could tell he was like an old retired police guy who, who was hired to do security. He basketball pounds my head, fucking runs me toward the door, and fucking gives me that final shove out the door over, over the threshold. And there's three ashes there. And Chelios followed him. Chelios was like getting his back. He thought like something happened. I did nothing. The guy could have said, Hey, asshole, if I see you here again, you're getting fucking lugged. And I would have left. He made a scene kind of when he didn't have to, and then Chelios like got his back. So now I get Chelios walking away from his party to back up his security guy, and I get three pissed off ushers like, "How'd you get in there?" I says, "I, I just walked in." No, you didn't. I said, "Well, fucking tell me how I got in, you, you idiots!" <laughs> like, like you weren't paying attention. I didn't say you idiots. Like, You'll get arrested. So they call the fucking cops. The, well, they, they might have been cops in the building already. They call the police. I went over, took a piss, and might have flushed some things down the toilet while I was in there. <laughs> and then. And then I come out and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm legit ready to get arrested for trespass. And the cops like, what's your story? And they said, look, I, I literally walked down the stairs. No one stopped me. I said, I'll, I'll leave if you want. And I got a cab back to the hotel. And, and that was it. And, but here's the, the fucking serendipity part of the story. I'm in the Detroit Red Wings locker room drinking out of Stanley Cup. 50 yards down the hall is the losing locker room. Pittsburgh Penguins, Ryan Whitney lost the Stanley Cup. In there. We don't know each yes. other yet. And then oh. a couple of years later, we, we end up meeting up. So, it's it's weird, man. Life's funny like that. Oh man, talk about oh. small world. Yeah, really. Oh well, wouldn't want to clean it. Right, right. Uh, mm. Now speaking of cups, moving on. You know, uh, I I don't know how long ago this might have happened, but I just um, saw the video for the Pink Whitney Cup. As you know, it sounded like a really great cause. Um, you know, a really great kind of you know. I don't know if it was charity tournament or what, but it, it, talk about that experience because uh, that was really cool. It's funny, man. I had no idea what I was doing till that morning. We, you know, we were in Florida all week and we flew right from Florida to New York and like, oh, the Pink Whitney Cup, it's happening on Monday. I show up. I wasn't asked to play a coach. Well, I put coach in quotes, probably play in quotes. Yeah. And I literally had no idea. That's why I had the, the hoodie on while I was doing it. And they ended up like, yeah, you're the PM Maguire. You're going to do the interviews before the uh, events the, between the periods. And I kind of ham and egged it. I just kind of went in like almost improv mode. You're just like, All right, I'm going to act like I'm a real journalist and have some fun. And uh, yeah, we, we had no idea what we were doing until we got there, but it was, it was fun because we had a mix of college girls, ladies who did division one players. We had gold medal winners there and we had a bunch of schlub bloggers. So we had this real <laughs> mix of people and it was, it was a fun day. I, I think, uh, I think they should do it again and maybe make it private or, or bring a few more teams in because we did the pond hockey tournament. Uh, last one. The, this is a little different. This is more of our boss, our CEO, Erica. Uh, she was kind of behind this venture. So I don't know if we're going to do it again, but I, I had a blast doing it. Very cool. All right. So let's, let's talk a little hockey. Let's talk. I mean, obviously big, big week in the NHL. I know you guys talked about it on your show. We haven't gotten there yet uh, but with the trade deadline this week. And let's give you the honors, your hometown team, your Boston Bruins 
man, Taylor Hall finds himself in Boston looking for a fresh start. And, uh, man, boy, did it seem like the Bruins kind of fleeced the Sabres uh, on that deal. Uh, Anders Bjork, a good player and a second rounder, go to Buffalo in the deal. But uh, the former MVP, uh, he's had a rocky few seasons. This guy gets traded in, in Hall, uh, a surprising the two trades in two years, basically. Uh, uh, what do you expect? Uh, what do you expect for me? What do you expect a franchise like Boston, a, a team like Boston uh, that is is pretty well set in its ways? Uh, what are they going to do to get him on track, get him his confidence back? I mean, I I don't want to call it a perfect situation for him, but like this is a guy who got drafted <laughs> to a disaster franchise at the time. Edmonds was a, was a mess. Yes, he was a good player. They didn't fix anything around him. There was no leadership there, and you know they traded him to New Jersey. He wins the MVP and. That's a team that was never really that good either. They were never a contender. And then, of course, he goes to Arizona, which is like you just kind of go through the motions when you play there. And then, yeah, he signed with Buffalo for $8 million and said he was there you know, to win. It's like, buddy, just say you're taking the $8 mil because that's that's what you're going for. Um, the Bruins had wanted him. He's always wanted to play here. I think the fact that you, you go into a room with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci and Brad Marchand and – you know, Tuka Rask, there's so much leadership there. There's a winning culture that's been there for 15 years. So people talk about his, you know, oh, he's, a, I don't want to say the word because it's, it doesn't come from any viable source. You know, oh, he's a locker room cancer. I was like, well, nobody has ever said, even off the record, a player has ever said he's been that. It's like, it's just internet shit. Cause if you believe the internet, then the Bruins would have had a fucking Geiger counter at the, at the locker room <laughs> when he, when he came down from Buffalo. It's like, no, this guy, I don't think this guy's going to come to into a Bruins locker room and they're not going to let him. I mean, Bergeron's, you know, he's not a forceful leader, but that culture in that room, I think is what, what he needs. He never really had an established culture. And I don't know that he's a leader. He even said, I, I just want to be part of a team. So I think he can explode here. Um, I think he can do really well. He drove down from Buffalo. Hadn't played in 10 days. He set his confidence a shot. He played last night. He was first period. You know, he's kind of lost a little bit. Last two periods he was involved. I think he contributed to Craig Smith's goal, even though he didn't get an assist. I think the guy's going to be all right. Uh, even if he had a 0-0-0 and they lost in the first round, it's still a risk as far as I'm concerned. Don Sweeney, you have a second-round pick for the guy who was a big name at the deadline. Uh, you mentioned Anders Bjork. He was drafted in 2014. He's been given ample opportunity to kind of latch on here and never really happened. Uh, and now you get Curtis Lazar for half the money. He's going to make your fourth line better. I think that's actually a, a, a low-key good pickup for the Bees. And then Mike Riley, they got for, I think, a third rounder in next year for us from Ottawa. He's probably the best move they made, low-key, because yeah. he wasn't a sexy name. You don't think, oh, Mike Riley's going to change the team. But, you know, you add him to your top four, and it's just a ripple effect. Like everybody is better everywhere else. Same thing with Pastor and Lazar. So, yeah, I don't know if the, the Bees won the trade deadline more than every other team, but – you know, they're already a contender and they added three guys who instantly went into the lineup. So as a fan, I, I'm pretty psyched about the moves. Yeah. But can we talk about Buffalo for just a second there, R.A.? Oh, uh, uh, thing. Like, no. uh, you got to give them an A for effort because like, it seems like, especially the last couple of seasons, they've made some sort of splashy move, whether it was, you know, traded for trading for Jeff Skinner and looking at the year he had, or, you know, like this year, signing Taylor Hall. Why, why is it? I mean, why has it not been able to work out? I mean, I know, I know goaltending has been an issue, but why is just, why has it not been able to come together in Buffalo? Um, I, I think you have to go to the ownership. I mean, they've had Pagulia there for what a decade now. I mean, I know it was a big deal when he came, you know, he's, he's loaded and he, he looks, he's invested with the team, but you know, when you put, when you've had, I don't know, 
so many X amount of coaches over so many years, X amount of general managers. There's no franchise stability. Like you've got a guy, Jack Eichel, who should be a, I mean, they are, he is a franchise center of the building around, but there's just no, there's so much turnover. The coaches are turnover, the GMs are turnover. And then to fix it, they bring in, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect for Kevin Adams, but the guy's never been a, a, an NHL GM before. And this is an absolute fucking disaster <laughs> mess that requires a guy who's been around, maybe like a Jim Rutherford guy, just pulling a name out of my ass. Or yeah. Brian Burke wouldn't take the job, but someone of that established nature, they need to come in and establish a, a culture of, you know, accountability and winning. And they haven't had that Buffalo and it's just been rotten. It's just been it's just been rotten for for players who get there, and they have bad deals. I mean, when you have you know, GMs who make bad deals, like I mean, Jeff Skinner getting nine million dollars a year. He had one Oof. not one good season, but he had that forty goal season. Yeah, but nine million dollars for Oof. that long for for a guy who I don't know yeah, that handicaps you. Kyle Kyle Ocposo, uh, six million dollars a year. They still got a couple of years of that deal. Oof. Piss poor piss poor money management has led to it, and then you just get a bad culture. There's just it's just it's rotten, and I think you got to clean it all out and, and start fresh. But Buffalo is just, I don't know. I will say though, since they snapped the losing streak, they have been a different team. I think the guy's almost like, it's almost liberating to know that they're just playing for whatever. Like I feel like there's no pressure on, yeah, on them for right sure. now. They give the Bruins a hell of a game last night. And I think, I think they're going to give the Bruins a hell of a game a few more times in the series coming up. But um, yeah, I, I'd love to see them do well. I don't, I'm not a Buffalo fan, but the, the city has great fans and they deserve better. And, and I hope they get it someday. <laughs> For uh, to translate for us uh, in the Cleveland area, Buffalo was the Browns for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just yeah. coaches coming and going, GMs coming and going. You don't even know who's going to coach next game next year. Who cares? Uh, now, obviously, we with the Browns have got that figured out. Uh, but yeah, you just described the Cleveland Browns. It's fine. Uh, it, it, I, I've cut you off real quick. I, yeah. When I was a kid, I was actually a Cleveland Browns fan as a kid. Well, come no on. Bullshit. Let's I, go. I, and you know, how, you know how you're a kid, the most simplistic thing makes you a fan. What, what was the first name of, of the great quarterback in the early 80s? Which? Bernie. Bernie. original Brian. Browns. Brian. Not, not Bernie, Brian. There you like, go. And, and, and when you're your eight name? years old and a quarterback has your name, that you get, you, that's how you get hooked. <laughs> so I was a huge Brian Sype fan because my name is Brian, and I was a, a low-key Browns fan back in the Brian Sype area. Yeah. Get you some number 17 jerseys? Love I, it. I do. If you, I, I, 100%, I, I legit have a Brian Sype uh, jersey. I, I done for my fantasy <laughs> football drafts. Nice. I love it. Nice. Right. All right. Uh-huh. We're just going to take that as you are just always a Browns fan. Yeah. And we sure. don't have to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So let's bring it here to Ohio in the NHL, the Blue Jackets. Uh, it's been a hard week for Jackets fans uh, seeing just fan favorite players just getting shipped off. Right. Nick Foligno, uh, you, you're hard pressed to find a more beloved guy in a city playing for a franchise than Nick Foligno was in Columbus. David Savard, Riley Nash, just fan favorite, good veteran players all get shipped off. However, unlike the Sabres, there's this glimmer of hope that's going on with the Blue Jackets, with the fan base, with the media, uh, and, and a lot of people around the league celebrating the returns the Jackets got for these guys. Yarmo uh, uh, himself came out in an interview and said, listen, uh, we are reloading. Uh, and it, it, it certainly seems like the Jackets are poised for a pretty quick turnaround because this has been a very disappointing season. Yeah, we talked about this on our show recently. It's, you know, we had great things about Columbus. Like, the people love, love the guys who yeah. play there love playing there, but they, they are, there is obviously a problem with keeping guys there. Like, I mean, guys are, are talented. They, they've lost, you know, obviously, Line A, Nash left, has uh, been a litany of stars who, who, who like it there, but they end up leaving. 
But I'll tell you, man, Yamo Kikalin is a great GM. Like, he doesn't, he gives these guys up. Obviously, Savad's a UFA, uh, Felino's UFA. He, he got a couple first rounders. Yeah. But it's like, okay, you're going to get these first round picks. And I'm like, where are they going to be in 10 more years? Are, they, are you going to be trading them for, for more picks? It's like, I wish the franchise just had not more stability, but an ability to keep these guys. And I don't think it's the fault of the team or the GM, or I think guys just have, you know, the, the greener pastures thing. The grass is always greener for, for some of these guys. But, um, you know, I don't think Yamo's going anywhere. You guys were so close the last year when you beat Tampa. Uh, not last year, the, the playoffs before. Right. Um, you know, but right now it's like, you know, you got Lining and Tortorella kind of button heads. Tortorella's a, I don't call him lame duck, but he's in the last year of his contract. Yeah, if you're a Columbus fan, things things aren't ideal right now. You, you thought things would be better for, for this season. Uh, Felino could be back. He's going to go to Toronto as, as a UFA. Uh, Savad, same deal. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's a steady, obviously solid defenseman, but it, it is. It sucks to see these guys you've had for so long go to other places. And, um, yeah, I would prob- probably be frustrated if I was a Columbus fan, too, that, you know, you're not maybe a little more higher up. Well, you see, what it, that frustration can turn into, we're going to see what happens with torts. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think everybody is starting to prepare for a coaching search. However, uh, we'll see what they do. I I'd be, I'd be surprised if they picked three first round players, uh, in the draft, you got three first round draft picks that can get turned into a lot of different stuff. Uh, and the rumors are already starting to swirl about which players might be on the block in the off season and all that. So, you know, as hard as it is to watch those guys go, it's setting up to be a fairly exciting off season, I think, for for the Blue Jackets, uh, uh, which would be nice after what we've what we've endured. This Blue Jackets team that isn't very good offensively, anyways, and then all of a sudden defensively, they weren't any good this year either. Uh, it's been a long season to be a Blue Jackets fan. Yeah, but I'll tell you, we had uh, Elvis Merzlikens on uh, not last season, the season before. He was hilarious. We love okay. having the Euro- the Europeans on. Like I said, we just <laughs> interviewed David Pasternak earlier. But yeah, Columbus is it's like a franchise you root for. I mean, you want every franchise to have stability, but it seemed like you guys were on the cusp of maybe becoming a contender, and then you know you kind of dropped off a little bit. But you know, I think Yamo's the guy to to get it done. John Davidson has, has a pretty good track record too. But uh, you know, it, it is I would say maybe a concern that. You guys get these superstars and they don't want to stay. It, it's like, you know, and, and that, you know, whatever, you don't want to pay a guy uh, nine man and 10 million, but uh, hopefully it's not a, an issue going forward because, like I said, I've never been to Columbus, but everybody who, who goes there absolutely loves it. And Felino is probably a perfect example. He's already put his roots down there and, you know, he's going to live there after he retires. Yeah. I, um, it's, uh, Elvis is great. Wasn't he like, like, I work, like, all right, I work for the Monsters. Yeah, in the American League. Okay. So uh, yeah. he he got sent down when he and this was his first year that he came over after he just had a big season over in Finland, I believe it was. Uh, um, and then he just came over, but you just could tell the confidence and like the charisma was just kind of oozing off of him because they sent him down to Cleveland for uh, just to get some conditioning, just to get some, just to get a game in. And he goes, the thing he comes down there, first thing he says to us, he goes, "I didn't come to America to play in the American League." <laughs> so, <laughs> Great, <laughs> no, you gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you gotta love that confidence. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, let's talk about the Leafs. Here, all right. Uh, you know, it, it's a team. Yeah. It's a team that's like has sort of felt cursed. Like all the talent in the world, and and, and they just can't, you know, get it done in the playoffs. Cups seem just impossible. But like this year at the trade deadline, you know, you add a guy like Felino, you add a guy like David Riddick. Uh, what you know? What, what does a guy like Nick bring to that team? He, he certainly brings playoff grit, which they need. I mean, they're, they're a very skillful team. I, I don't know that they have you know a, a ton of grit. 
uh, which he's going to bring. I, I don't. They they call him a top six, but I don't know. You're going to see him in the first line with with all that offensive firepower. But yeah, I think he'll bring maybe some accountability. People people will kind of follow his lead. Um, I, I I don't know that it's going to put him over the top. I mean, David Riddick was obviously a, a, it's a backup goalie. I know he played last night. They they throw him in, but he's you know he's probably the number two, number three goalie. That was an insurance move. Um, what's it? Not Riley Nash, another guy you guys traded over to him. He's a depth guy. I mean, he's a f- fourth liner. It's not not a difference maker. Um, uh, you know, Toronto. Yeah, they, they've they've been snake bitten since 1967 here in Boston. We love we love messing with them. We've knocked them out of the playoffs three times, and it'll be hilarious to play them again this year. But you know, Austin Matthews has been absolutely killing it. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's on a torrid pace. He's a great kid. I love watching him play. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, as much respect as I have for Foligno's game, it's I don't think it's a move that puts them over the top. Okay. Uh, I think yeah that he's going to have that playoffs now, and you know that'll go good with with the veterans on the team. But it's going to be interesting to see just just how much Toronto improves. But yeah, I, it's not like oh that's that's a piece they needed. They're over the top. It's going to be tough for, for for anyone for every team. Is that grit? Is that grit that you just mentioned? What holds them back this year? You think like what holds them back from winning the cup? Um, well, it's been goaltending, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Freddie Anderson is, you know, he, he can play a great game and then a not so great game. And, you know, the Leafs had stuck with him for the last few years. And, you know, again, he's been a regular season, great goaltender. I think he struggled in the playoffs, but this year you, you got Campbell in then. What a great story he's been so far. He was drafted by Dallas and kind of panned out there. He ends up in uh, LA, gets down the East coast, re- refines his game, gets to Toronto and he's a beloved guy in that room. Um, you know, but I don't, he doesn't have a proven tracker in the playoffs. Not to say he can't do it this year, but uh, I think like any team, goaltending's the key for them. If they can get that type of goaltending in the postseason, Campbell, then yeah, maybe they can make make a, a run for it, run for it. But uh, that that's been their bugaboo a little bit. Yeah. All right, so let's do some quick hitters, NHL, sure. before we get into something I'm very excited about uh, towards the end here. But uh, a couple quick hitters: uh, the Caps give up everything, the half of the U.S. Senate. Uh, to to bring in Anthony Mantha, uh, he comes in and scores in his debut. What was your thought on that trade? That was the most shocking trade of the, of yeah. the deadline. I thought, like, I mean, Detroit just signed this kid in November, file four or five year deal, twenty three million dollars, like part of the future. That's usually what that stuff means. And then, you know, Stevie Y trades in the Washington for you know Jacob Brown is a nice little player, not nice. He's a great player, twenty five yeah. goals. He's a restricted free agent. Richard Panic is, you know, pretty. You know, he's whatever depth forward guy, but he got a couple picks. But yeah, that, that was a, a head scratch. You're like, okay, they gave this guy all the money and you just, you know, but I've learned to question, not question Stevie Eisman in the GM position. He was fantastic <laughs> down in Tampa with it. I mean, I know he didn't get his name in the cup last year, although his fingerprints were all over it. Uh, yeah, that was a shocking move to, to, that they dealt him. Uh, Washington, they lose a little bit of depth because they lost two guys, but Anthony Manther is a presence in, in a, a dynamic that they didn't have before. They have now. Um, you know, I think it's it's an, Im- an improvement for them, but that was that was by far the shocker of the deadline. Now I know Wit won't think so, but does Palmieri and Zajac make the Islanders less boring? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it just keeps keeps you know that there's a program in place there, and yeah. they're gonna they're gonna buy right into it. You know, they they know Lou uh, Palmar Palmieri's a great power play goal scorer, and he's I thought he was a great pickup. And they you know they did they did give up a first rounder, but for what they got, they really didn't give up too much. I mean, basically a first rounder for. You know, Paul Mary and um, Zajac, who, you know, he's a great utility guy. I think Trotz can plug him in where wherever he needs. Is Trotz the Gordon Bombay of uh, the NHL? Oh, like, could, could he just could he just go to any team and just they just automatically start winning? <laughs> and they just they just turn it around. You know what? 
It, it took a while, but like he, was, I think because he was in Nashville for, for so long, they were they were very competitive. They didn't have, they never really had a great team. They yeah. had they had guys who bought in and guys who played hard. And he's a great coach, but their roster was never like that big good of a roster where they were going to compete. And I think he was kind of a, uh, you know, not unknown, but people didn't realize how good of a coach he was until he got to uh, Washington. And you know he, he won the cup there and gets to the island and he has an established system and he does it this way and I think the, the combination of him and Lou has just been perfect and like I said on the show it wouldn't shock me one bit if the Islanders were to win the Stanley Cup this year. Speaking of another team that's making a push that's surprising, uh, are the Panthers for real? Oof, that's a million dollar question again. Goaltending, uh, you know, Sergey Bobrovsky they gave him ten million dollars as a free agent. Uh, wasn't worth the last year. This year he's been better, uh, but the regular season doesn't matter. What a guy like Kim, it's what are you going to do in the playoffs? And then you got Chris Dreja who come, who's come along and his numbers are unreal. And I mean, he can argue that he's the number one goalie on that team. Uh, but until you do it, I'm not going to believe in you. And the Panthers haven't done really anything in the playoffs since fucking 96. I think when they went that, that cup run with Van Beesbrook yes. uh, until you, until they do it, you're not going to believe it, but they have a ton of skill down there. <laughs> You know, by Bakoff is uh, Huber, though. Those guys are unheralded. If they were in New York oh, yeah. or Boston, uh, New York, affiliate, Montreal, you Superstars. would not, <laughs> not hit the end of those guys. But because they're kind of buried in Florida, we don't hear a lot about them. I know they lost that squad. That's a huge loss. But, yeah, Florida, until they actually scare you, you you're not scared of them. But, you know, uh, you, you want to keep an eye on them, too, because they are pretty talented. Somehow the Pittsburgh Penguins got older, <clears throat> and they brought in Jeff Carter. Uh, but they're a team that's playing pretty well right now. I, I, uh, I was born and raised a Pens fan. Uh, I shouldn't admit that to the Blue Jackets faithful. <laughs> but, uh, man, slow start to the year, but they're playing much better, uh, even without Malkin in the lineup. Like, uh, what does Carter bring? And, and, and are the Pens still a team? Because they were always that team that could be the fourth, fourth or fifth seed in the conference, but they would scare the shit out of you as the fourth or fifth seed. Are they still a team that scares anybody in the playoffs? Oh, 100%. You, I mean, you get Sid Crosby. If Ma- Malcolm comes back, you're going to be scared of that. Um, and, yeah, Jeff Carter, that's a great addition, man. I know he's 36. He's not as fast as he used to be, but, but he's, he can still score. I said on the our show this week, that that reminds me of the type of move of, like, Jeff Carter can score 10, 12 playoff games. Just put him on the line with Sidney Crosby. I mean, the guy's a, a bona fide goal scorer. He can make some plays. Again, he's got a few ticks on him, but uh, I thought that was a, a really solid move by Pittsburgh. But, um Again, it, like it's another team. What, what kind of goaltending are they right. going to get in the playoffs from Jerry and or DeSmith? I know DeSmith's been better lately, but, you know, they, they said, hey, they were down with Murray. They let him go to Ottawa. Um, so, again, that's another team. I know beating the same drum with goaltending, but that's such a huge factor. Yeah. But I did love the Jeff Carter move for them because I think, you know, you could put him with Mal- He's so talented. Put him with Malkin or, or, or um, Crosby. And, like I said, if he scored 10, 12 goals in, in a playoff run, wouldn't surprise me at all. All right, so – one of the big reasons the Bruins won the cup in 2011, uh, Lucic just played his 1,000th game. You, you brought that up already. Have you properly celebrated the achievement? Are you yep, still a Lucic but, fan? Oh, yeah, always. Always a Lucic fan. I mean, like any time guys win a cup in your city or any or, or Super Bowl or World Series or NBA title, you're just forever in love with those guys. Yes. I, mean, I still love Kevin McCann uh, and the Celtics in the 80s. Except for Kyrie Irving, because <laughs> apparently <laughs> – 
when you leave and go to Boston and then badmouth the shit out of the city on your way no, out, that that hurts. He, yeah, but he didn't win shit here. So like, <laughs> that's you know, right. Yeah, that's he's right. A fucking head case, man. Like you know when when he came here, it was like he had his LeBron shit. And yeah, you chalk it up to LeBron, and he was a he was awesome here. And then he just fucking loses it. It's like, dude, this like Boston opened its arms to that guy, and he went fucking ape shit on us and fucking left. And now he's doing the same. Well, he's succeeding in in, in New uh, New Jersey, but. Yeah, go back to Lucci. Those are guys you always have a, an affinity for. And, you know, I, I mentioned in the blog today, you know, a thousand games. Of course, he got in a fight in his thousand Yes. Game. But, yeah, it, it was great to see, man. I mean, he's a guy who third-round pick. A lot of people thought he was going to go right back to uh, juniors in, in his camp, and he fought and beat the shit out of a bunch of guys. He ended up sticking. And, yeah, man, I, I hope to bump into him again someday and have a few, have a few beers with him because uh, everybody in Boston loves Lucci. He, he helped reestablish the Bruins to prominency in this league after they were shit bums for yes. a long time. So everybody here loves loves him and what he did. I think toward the end, it was like, you know, okay, like he, he was kind of looked like he wanted to get out of here. He was a free agent. And, you know, he was I, – I, it looked like it was the end. It wasn't like a bad, bad breakup. But he, it was like, okay, man, maybe it's time for him to go and – you know, it, it seemed like he was antsy to get out of here, but we, we loved his uh, his stay here. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll always – he won't have to pay for a beer as long as people in the background are around here. Now, I know this is going back a little bit, but we haven't ever really had a chance to ask any, you know, hockey guest about this. Was the Tim Peel situation just massively blown out of proportion? Oh, oh um, the, the microphone thing? Yes. Yeah, the, Tim, there's always something. Um you know, it was one, it was one of those cases where, like, yeah, like everybody does it, but he 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 put it on the fucking microphone. So yes, they, I it put the NHL in a position where they had to do something. But like Whitney Bis in the show, every ref calls it like that. They 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 manage a game. That's what he was doing. The mistake was him singing it, so people heard it. Now I don't know how it ended up on the TV broadcast. That was a mystery to me. Um, you know, Tim Peel was a controversial ref. He, I don't know if he was the, the best of of his crew. You know, he did that shot, took the picture with Wyshynski a few years ago, and that was a big controversy. And yes. Yeah. He, but the fact that he was retiring, the NHL tried to make it look like they were disciplining him. It's like all they did was, you know, kick him off the thing. He's still going to get paid. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It looked like a dog and pony show when the NHL did that. But, yeah, his mistake was was saying, saying it on the microphone what, what they all do. But, you know, I don't think he's a bad guy. He just He just screwed up. See, that's what I, that was my, people were making him out like he was Tim Donaghy from the NBA. Like no, he was like, yeah. cheat. like, I'm like, and I know it happened against the Preds. So Joe, Joe loves the Preds. Uh, he was not thrilled about it, but I'm like, man, every ref in every sport, if you've seen, if you ever watch baseball, some, an umpire will miss a strike call. And then the next one will be an obvious ball. will call it a strike. Like you just, you get makeup calls. It is what it is. Uh, so I was saying the same thing yeah. you were. Yeah, right. I mean, you know it's coming. Every everybody says it when you're watching. Hockey. Right, so, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Just you're right though. Just don't say it on the microphone. Is probably the best way to 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 avoid that. Uh, all right, three last things, real quick. Uh, playoff things. We're coming up on the playoffs. Uh, so three quick questions. Which team can you see making like a surprise run in the playoffs? Obviously, people think Toronto can make a run. People think Washington, whatever. But which team do you think can make a surprise deep run into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, right now those those teams are so high in the standings, it wouldn't be a much of much of a surprise that Washington or Toronto goes and run. But I would look, I would say, let me take take a quick look here while we're shooting the breeze. <laughs> who could sneak up on you? Um, you know who I think a team that people are sleeping on is Winnipeg. You know, Connor okay. Hellebuck is a Vesno goalie. He's yes. he's fantastic. They they didn't really make any big moves. I know they picked up um, what's his name, the defenseman Ben, not Joe. Uh, 
Jordy's brother. What the, what the hell? Oh, uh, Jamie. Jamie. No, yeah, Jordy. Jordy, Jordy ben, yeah, Jamie's ben. the one yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jordy, Dallas. They picked up Jordy Ben. You know, not a huge move. It's a good move for, you know, their defense. But I think that's a team people are sleeping on. Like I said, Hellebuck's a fantastic goalie. They got some dynamic goal scorers. They picked up Dubois in the line eight trade. Excuse me. It wouldn't shock me one bit if, if you see Winnipeg in the final four. All right. So which teams do you think face off in the finals? In the, oh, no. In the Stanley finals. Cup finals. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'll say, which I'll tell you what is great about this year is the, the combinations could be anybody, which, yes. which is fantastic. I mean, the idea of, you know, I know it's a long ways away, but Boston playing Montreal in the Stanley Cup finals is a dream. Yeah. But I will say, um, oh god, I'll go with Winnipeg and, um, I'm not going to be a homer and say Boston. I'm going to say Winnipeg and Tampa in the, okay. in the finals. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's, that's quite great. a flight. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That is, there's no conferences this year. They're going to just see them after one through four. So like, like I said, the possibilities are awesome of who could be, who could be in the finals in the semis. But yeah, let's say Winnipeg, Tampa. I wouldn't mind if they kept that, by the way, just keep that. Just I, just I wouldn't either. See them one through 16 or one through eight on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I agree hundred percent. Well, and think about what it, like you just said, Think think about the 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 incredible like what if Montreal and Boston played for the Stanley Cup like that is inc- I, it makes me think why does any sport do the stupid conference thing like yeah. if you're a football fan like I'm we're Browns fans the Browns and the Steelers going up for the Super Bowl like why what that would be amazing why does any sport do that so yeah I, I would love to see them continue that uh, all right so awesome hockey talk but. Uh, you are super well known for one last thing. We definitely want to get into this real quick with you. You're a movie sure. guy. You're the movie guy. Uh, uh, everybody that we talk to, hey, when you when you talk to RA, ask him about this, ask him about these movies, whatever. We've done some movie chat on the Garage Beers podcast a little bit. Uh, right. For example, and I'm interested to hear your answer on this. We'll give you some examples. I have been waiting all day to bring this up to you. We did our best sports movie moments of all time. Our favorites. So, like, for me, it may be cliche, but I'm a baseball guy. I love the the James Earl Jones speech in Field of Dreams is one of my favorite sports movie moments of all time. Chad, I don't remember what Chad's was. It was something. I have so many. You can't even, like, you can't even fucking. But but nobody cares about me or Chad because we, we bring it around the horn and we go to Joe. And Joe says that his favorite sports movie movie moment of all time, of all time, any sports movie. Is when Ricky Bobby stabs himself in the leg with a knife in Talladega Nights. He said that's his favorite sports movie moment of all time. One, is that even fair play? And two, what would you say is your favorite sports movie moment of all time? Yeah, I mean the Ricky Bobby stab. Hey, if that if that's his call, that's that's his call. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dump on it. But uh, my my favorite sports movie moment of all time. I know the obvious thing would, as an American would be to say miracle, so I'm gonna avoid that because it's just easy and too cliched. I mean, I'm a slap shot guy through and through. Yeah. Like it's, it's. I mean, it's not even a question what the best hockey movie is ever. It's probably the best sports movie ever. There's such a realism to it. Uh, it actually was very prescient because it was about minor league teams moving to other cities and owners using tax haven teams. And it, it was actually like stuff that would happen like just shortly years after. It would actually yes. kind of saw the future pretty well. That screenplay was pretty brilliant that um, Nancy Dowd wrote, uh, actually. But my favorite moment from that movie, I mean, there's so goddamn many of them. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I guess at the end when, when, uh, 
what's his name? Ned Braden skating around with, with this, just this couple. and just kind of making a mockery <laughs> of the whole situation. I mean, that, that comes to mind. Like, you know, he's like, and, and it's funny. He's like, what's this? this is embarrassing hockey. And it's like, wait a minute. You guys just, you know, fought for the whole fucking season. It was kind of poking fun at that whole thing, but I have to go with slap shot. I'll go with that scene just because it's the end of the movie, but you could literally pick any, any of them. Um, uh, it's not really a, a victory scene, but you know, when we're on the buses and you got right back where we started from like, you know, that's a classic song plan. And oh yeah. You got the Hanson fan club. And that, that to me is the, the, the iconic moment of that movie with, you know, um, the, the fan club next to them and you look like my mother and the fan <laughs> player. And, you know, that, that's just, that's just iconic to me. We, uh, we in Cleveland, I think everybody loves Slapshot from here because they incorporated it. It started way back when the lumberjacks were in Cleveland in the IHL and it's gone all the way through now to the monsters in the HL. They 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 ripped off the Hanson brothers, and they've got these guys called the Mullet Brothers, and they just dress like the Hanson brothers basically, and they skate around and just do stupid shit when there's dead time on the ice, uh, and it and it's great. So uh, they they they've been doing that in Cleveland for thirty years, uh, and so we have our little taste of the Hanson brothers every hockey game we go to. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking Cleveland hockey, we got to give a shout out to the old Cleveland Barons. Right. I know they, I know they weren't there right. all that long. The California Seals moved to Cleveland. Of course, yeah. they got absorbed by the Minnesota North Stars. But mm-hmm. just want to give props. I'm an old logo nerd. So the Barons, and then the was it them and the, or uh, the Crusaders that were in the NHL for a while? Yeah, for, for a couple it was just years. the Barons. The Barons. Just the yeah. Barons. Okay. Yeah, the Seal, the, yeah, the Seals became the Barons, and the Barons and North Stars were both doing terribly financially. So the the North Stars essentially absorbed. Cleveland, uh, they, they, you know, it was a weird, a weird thing that happened. But if you trace the NHL history of the teams, you can get lost. It's, yeah. it's like a maze falling. Oh, out. so see, Cleveland, Cleveland basically played in the Stanley Cup Finals last Boom. year. Boom. Yeah, I mean, the, Boom. The, the, the yeah, the Cleveland DNA is it's part of the <laughs> the Dallas Stars, one hundred percent. That's right. You know, yeah, I love absolutely. It. You know what hockey movie I have I haven't seen that I've heard is pretty good. Have you guys seen it? I I've, I haven't seen Goon. I've never seen Goon. Oh, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic cult hockey movie. Uh, <laughs> J, uh, Jay Baruchel did a fantastic job with that. Yeah, it's 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 funny, man. You got to check it out. It's kind of like a little brother slap shot. I mean, I, I mean, it's same type of thing. It's it's actually loosely based on a true story of a guy from just outside Boston, Doug Smith. Oh. Never played high school hockey. They put him out on skates. He couldn't skate, but he could fight on skates. So he played <sighs> high school like late the senior year. Ended up getting signed to the HL just to strictly fight. I mean, that tends to name Goon. Yeah. Uh, and then so, somebody wrote a book on him probably twenty years ago. It wasn't like a bestseller. Yeah. Thing. And Baruchel got the rights for it, and they ended up turning into the movie Goon. So it's very loosely based on, on a true, not very, it's based on a true story about Doug Smith, who at the end of the Goon, if you watch it, they have a clip of him, just yeah. a guy who could fight on the ice, and, and he and he went all the way up to the AHL despite not really playing in high school and not really being able to skate that good. And got a movie out of it. Oh shit! Yeah, definitely yeah. worth checking out. A lot of lot of lot of funny stuff. A lot of accuracy. Sean William Scott Stiffle from American Pie did a great job. Yeah, it's good. Uh, what's his name? Liev Schreiber. You are famous. You're you're well known for knowing all kinds of like documentaries and like D list movies and like everything. You're just a movie guy. One of our other favorites on Garage Beers. So I'm interested to hear uh, if you know any of these. Uh, we love the we've we've talked about it many times. We love the D list like terrible horror movies. Okay. Right, like the real cheapo ones that you're probably going to find only on like Netflix. That are just awful. Uh, Chad has brought up a, a classic called Monsterd. Uh, Thanks Killing is a classic. Uh, do you have any good, just awful D-list horror movies that we should go find? 
I don't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a snob. Like with movies, I've become. I wasn't always a snob, but I, I, I get the idea of sitting down and just letting your brain not have to think. Like Godzilla yeah. vs Kong, perfect popcorn movie. Yeah. Yes. Smoke a bone, put that on, right. and, and you know it's like, look at there's a giant lizard gorilla fucking wrestling all of Hong Kong. Perfect. <laughs> just sit there and not, not have to think. But I, at the same time, it's like, guy, right, if I'm gonna sit here and watch a movie for an hour and a half, two hours, I want it to be something that I, I want. And that's just not my wheelhouse. I'm not going to, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 it's just not my wheelhouse to, to, to watch those type of things. And I don't, I never judge it. Hey, whatever people like, they like whatever floats your boat. Um, you know, I'd rather put on maybe like a seventies movie that I've been meaning to watch for 20 years instead of, you know, whatever dragon come or whatever. the movie. <laughs> yeah. you, mean, <laughs> you mean a giant piece of shit coming out of a toilet, killing people. Isn't your thing. All yeah, right. Yeah. That's not your thing. Yeah. That's Hey, I, hey, I, I get it from a like a goofy entertainment perspective, but yeah, I, I just you know I, I'd awful. rather watch something. Yeah, I'd rather watch something that yeah uh, that I'm more likely to enjoy and remember, I suppose. All right, so give us your like one or two movies you are most excited about this year. Well, this year, um, I'll tell you one I'm looking forward to seeing the Many Saints of Newark. It's these uh, the prequel. Mo- it's a movie, but it's a prequel to The Sopranos. Ooh, okay. And nice. James Gandolfini's son Michael plays. The young Tony Soprano. Yes. And I, don't, I don't know if you've ever seen him in anything or if you've seen interviews with him. He sounds just like his father. Like he looks like him. He sounds like him. It's, I don't know if he's as good of an actor as his dad was because Green Dolphini was a phenomenal actor. Um, I'm looking forward to the many saints in Newark that's coming out. Um, shit. I, I wish I prepped a little more for that thing. Cause there's, there's not a ton coming out because production has been right. shut down. Things have, things have been pretty quiet, but that's definitely what I want to see. Um, oh, is it why is there any, anything else you can, I'm trying to think of, what's coming out. I'm just drawing a blank. Cause like I said, it's been a dead slate movie theaters are closing. We've lost two. We've only had four movie theaters in Boston, two of them closed oh. in the last year. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to see movie theaters closing. Hopefully they'll get back up. Movies coming out in 21. Uh, I gotta, I gotta check. Cause I know there's a few more. The many stints in Newark. Oh, Dune, yeah, Dune. Everybody's got a hot on for Dune. I, I don't know. Like the first one sucked. I know Dennis Villeneuve is a fantastic director. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was fantastic. Uh, oh, here we go. Top Gun Maverick. People, <laughs> people like you don't like Matt, Top Gun. I'm like, no. I saw Top Gun when I was thirteen years old, right in my wheelhouse, and I thought it stunk. I, it was like oh. a PR. It was like a PR movie for the, for the Navy. Uh, to drive jive jets. It was a, not like it was a, a war, but no, there was no country. There were just jets flying around. It was, I don't know. I, I'm not lying. Top Gun did absolutely nothing for me. I, I know people get shocked <laughs> when they say it, but uh, I could give a shit less about Top Gun. Yeah, Eric's I mean, but Tom Cruise just in his in his shirt and jeans playing volleyball. Yeah. I mean, how do you yeah, not I mean, love that? Uh, yeah, I mean, God, yeah, him and, him and Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah, what a rocket. What a That's rocket. Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Does homoeroticism off the charts in that scene. But, yeah, I mean, even looking ahead, there's just like, there's, there's not like a shitload coming. I mean, Space Jam, the new one, I, I I was too old to see the last one. I could give a shit less about that one. But, yeah, there's it's just a lot of sequels coming up. I know, um, what's his name? Paul uh, Wes Anderson. I know he's making a new movie. I, I don't know if it's coming out in 21, but yeah, the many sense in Newark is the only one that I, that's really coming to my, to my head that I definitely want to see next year. Awesome. Cause uh, a lot of trash, man. It's just a lot of bad movies. <laughs> it's a lot of bad. It's a lot of bad. Well, when, the, well, when they're not making any money, it's hard to make good movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. Well, all right, man, this has been awesome. Uh, again, rear Admiral from, the Spitting Chick- Chicklets podcast. Go find them all over online. 
Don't mess with him on Twitter. He will probably yeah. own you on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm go- nice until you, pr- until you provoke me. Well, we're not. We are staying <laughs> off of that uh, forever. Listen, man, we really, really appreciate you taking the time to jump onto the Garage Beers podcast with us. We had a great time with you, and uh, we look forward to listening to many, many more episodes of Spitting Chicklets with you and the boys. Thank you so much, R.A. Likewise, boys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated, and keep knocking them dead. All right, and thank you once again goes out. To the host of the Spittin' Chicklets podcast, go follow him on Twitter at Rear Ads, uh, Rear Ad BS Blog, Rear Ad BS Blog. It's a hard name to say at the at, but Rear Admiral, just go find him. He'll be the first thing that pops up when you type in Rear Admiral. Go follow Spittin' Chicklets. Check out that podcast. Uh, it's amazing. Him and and Ryan Whitney and and Paul Bissonette and the crew uh, talking hockey. Our thanks go out to Rear Admiral for joining us for talking some hockey, boys. Uh, uh, we got through it. The, the, the Boston, I don't think the Boston accent came through that hard on the, on the show tonight. It was there. It was there. At it times. was there. You know, yeah. you know what that, what your little plug right there reminded me of though, <laughs> is Paul Rudd on hot takes when he's like, uh, when he's like, uh, whoever thought we got here, he's like, mm, not me. <laughs> yeah. Who, who would have thought we would have been plugging spitting, spitting chiclets? Not us. Yeah, not no, us. yeah like no. the, spitting chiclets is just relying on plugs yeah. from the garage right. podcast. go check out this really you might not have heard of it. it's called spin chicklets i know yeah. it's a pretty <laughs> niche uh, uh, podcast but oh shit hey listen man uh we're a year into this thing and it's it's awesome uh having spitting chicklets on we're all hockey fans having having uh ra on man uh just a legendary thing they're doing over there and he was great with us talking movies talking hockey dude knows everything uh uh, about the game and uh, uh, and man, some good perspective uh, on everything going down. Uh, I was interested to hear his take on the Winnipeg Jets. He picked them to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Pretty well, interesting team. Everybody's sleeping on it, which is I uh, yeah I don't I don't uh, I I <laughs> up until he said that I think I was sleeping on them too. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to pay more attention to Winnipeg. Wake it up, Chad. Yeah, wake it up. Yeah, you wake it up. I will. You lock it up. All right, boys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, As always, though, we're going to finish on a good note. So think of something good that's Mm. going on in your lives, in the world, Mm. something. We always finish on our three cheers of the week. I'm going to start with a personal one. Uh, uh, The wife, the family, my wife, my son, my unborn child. We've moved out of our house about a month ago. We're we're tenant living in the in-laws house right at the moment. I'm sitting in the basement Joey grew up in. Uh, But they're... Grew up and threw up in. Grew Hello. and threw. Yeah, it still stinks. Uh, we, they are starting to, uh, we're building a house. They're starting to build uh, tomorrow. Nice. The, the hole gets dug tomorrow, boys. Nice. So pretty soon there's going to be wood and f- fucking drywall. Mat- materials. And, and some glass. Ma- materials. And some cement. <laughs> and it's going to be wonderful. Oh. Uh, no, listen, when, when they called us today and they're like, yep, well, we're going to dig it tomorrow. I was just like, oh, oh, it's great. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, that's that's my cheer of the week is <laughs> to the builders that are that are making me a house. Cheers to you and hurry up. That's pretty funny. Like, we're both getting holes dug tomorrow, except mine's like already kind of <laughs> yeah. mine's already kind of there because it's a sinkhole. And yours is a house. So <laughs> little foundation for the new house. Uh, okay. Uh, so that was my cheer. Chad, what's your cheer of the week? 
Uh, I don't know. My cheers is going to go out to Rite Aid. Uh, because because yeah, I, let's go Rite Aid. Yeah, right. All right, Rite Aid. Our first ever cheer see? ever. <laughs> what? What? Oh, Your wait, photo department is the shit. Yeah, you develop my pictures <laughs> back in the day. They knew zero dollars in marketing no would pay off at some point. <laughs> you develop my like, pictures back in the day like no other. Uh, yeah, no, I'm getting my second shot of the vaccine at Rite Aid tomorrow. So shout out Rite Aid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had my, uh, I don't know if everybody else has gotten theirs. I had mine last week, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it just FYI, not to scare you, but it knocked me on my ass for about 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. It was, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was sleeping all day. I tried to get up. I would go back to sleep. Uh, I think I had a fever at night, but I didn't check it, but I certainly had the chills like crazy. Uh, but you know what, in the end, and I think Joe, uh, and you could tell your story too. But I think you mentioned this to your sister. It's different when all that's happening and you know you're not getting sick. You're just recovering yeah. from a vaccine. And then you know you're done with the vaccine. So, like, I'm yeah. sitting there with the chills like, I don't care, bitch. This is great. <laughs> it's uh, like it's like, it's like like you're suffering, but you don't have to worry about it. Because, like, you, like, definitely know it's going to be over. Like, if you're yeah. sick, you don't know when that's, that shit's going to be done. Joe, your, your thing lasted for days. Mine sucked. I got mine on Monday. It's Wednesday as we're recording this. And uh, my fever, well, I don't, I'm in a hotel and I have a fucking thermometer with me, but uh, what I thought was <laughs> a fever. don't have hotel thermometers? Basically Rec- me sweating my ass off sitting on my couch didn't end until 2 p.m. today. Uh, I, I definitely had a rough reaction, but my girlfriend who also got it had a very good reaction to it. Um, she was just like achy, but like. I was like achy, foggy, like couldn't think, was just like a grumpy little bitch, uh, <laughs> had chills, had fever. Uh, but now I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm chilling now. I'm happy now, was about it, it. Now, was it instant or did you guys like, did it gradually come out? Oh, no. No, no, no. It was, I, was, I went to bed the night I got it mm-hmm. feeling fine. Okay. Like my arm hurt, but which is how I felt the first shot. But I felt pretty good going to bed the first night. See, for me, I got my shot at like 8.45 in the morning. By 11 o'clock, I was wiped out. Yeah. But mine was pretty instant. Now, listen, I have a three-year-old. So, fuck, that could have been it. I don't. Maybe I didn't even have a reaction to the shot, and I just was like an exhausted dad. That happens. Yeah. Uh, but but mine was a little quicker than that. But, but, hey, man, cheers to Rite Aid. Yeah. And cheers to you. Cheers to you for getting your second shot tomorrow. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. You know <laughs> what? Joke. You know what? Fuck right, eh? Cheers to me for getting my second shot tomorrow. <laughs> hey, wait, wait till they give you the shot before you start throwing out the fuck right aids, okay? Right, right. <laughs> All right, Joe, what's your cheer of the week? Things, things you never thought you'd say in your life. Fuck right, aid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that damn marathon. Yeah. Well, my, my cheer was also going to be the vaccine, but I'm going to kind of audible uh, on that. Uh, but it's still going to be vaccine related. Uh, first of all, uh, I don't know if this is like a God bless Tennessee thing, but like I was able to get my vaccine way ahead of like the rest of the country. Cause just nobody was getting it here. Oh, yeah, uh, right. So well, you can just pray the shit away. Why yeah, you just pray it away? But <laughs> I, I don't know if this is like safe or not, but uh, all of, like the Nashville appointments were booked up. Cause everyone's, you know, getting their shots in Nashville. I had to drive an hour out to get my appointment and like, you know, everyone in Cleveland's going to like the Wolstein Center, or like Walmart or like nice places and, you know, like sterile places. I 
would be oh, no. lying to you. Oh no! Uh, if I said oh. I didn't get my shot in a fucking stable, <laughs> we went to a fairground oh, no. uh, in, in a rural Tennessee county, <laughs> and, and we're like, "Oh, great!" It's just like a like our first shot was at like a library. It's like a drive through, like a long line, and you know, there's National Guard and like a tent. We drove into a stable where horses <laughs> normally are and like get out of your car time to get your shot it's like oh my god is this like horse tranquilizer or is this like the covid vaccine it's horse tranquilizer <laughs> i don't know i mean we'll see but it does both it does both it you does. won't get covid either way it knocked me on my ass three days oh god but uh, i don't really know what that cheer is i just had a good time i thought it was really funny <laughs> uh, as soon as you said as soon as you said something i was like Okay, so Joey went to a guy in a van. He had like vaccine needles. Like he like opens up his trench coat. He just has vaccine needles in it uh, <laughs> inside man, his trench coat. I mean, if the guy didn't literally have a National Guard uniform on, I don't know if I would have <laughs> trusted it. <laughs> oh my God! Some dude in camo, yeah. not even the National Guard a guardsman. It's just a guy <laughs> in camo injecting people with horse tranquilizer. Yeah, it ain't no right. Get your COVID but... here. Come on in for your COVID. That'll be twenty five. Oh, <laughs> That'll be twenty five dollars. I, I got was one free. other thing. I got one. I, this is not a cheer. This is just kind of. I don't want to write the podcast without saying this. Um, I don't want to release this episode. If uh, the Indians get <laughs> thrown a perfect game against them tonight, we're about to be in the top of the eighth inning, and uh, uh, I don't know his first name. Rondon. Rodon. I don't know. Yep. The guy we normally smack right the on. crap out of is having a perfect game against us. Oh uh, and I just don't want that to happen. Oh, boy. Well, listen, we're going to stop recording this episode before that happens. So if it does happen, it never happened. Okay. Like, this episode, yeah. we're just going to. We're just capturing the feeling of like us pre-tragedy. Yes. Uh, and yes. then that can live in infamy forever. Yes. Perfect. Yes. We don't need any of that nonsense. That's not a cheer. That's some bullshit. We don't need it. Uh, and we'll talk about it next week if it happens. So, boys, those are our cheer- three cheers of the week. We're going to get out of here. Uh, our, our thanks, of course, we give a few thanks out. Uh, first, our special guest, Rear Admiral R.A. from the Spit and Chicklets podcast, joining us for a tremendous interview, taking plenty of time. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we'll be listening to them. Uh, but hopefully you guys listen to us, uh, enjoy it. Uh, our thanks also goes out to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, what we are a part of. Go follow Belly Up Sports, follow the Belly Up Podcast Network, and see if any of these other awesome shows tickle your fancy. Give them a listen as well. And as always, our biggest thanks goes out to you, the listeners of the Garage Beers Podcast. We appreciate you. If you wouldn't mind, Go to wherever you're listening. Give us a review, a rating. Share us with your friends. Uh, and let's keep growing Garage Beers uh, as big as we can get it. So uh, that's going to do it for us. For Joey over there in Nashville, Tennessee at Garage Beers. Joe for Chad over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers. Chad, I'm Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Garage Beers, Mike. That's the name of it. Garage Beers, Mike. Uh, we appreciate you listening. That's been episode 61. We'll see you again next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody.